Bible says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dearly beloved son. He puts a paternal touch on this epistle. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I served from my forefathers with, a pure, with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful, watch what he says, of thy tears, talking to this young pastor, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, if you'd help me tonight, Lord, I want to do my best to mind you and preach in the unction and power of the Holy Ghost. God, give us that fresh mirror and that fresh anointing, that fresh touch from glory. Lord, I know I stand where nobody can help me but you. And Lord, I pray and plead the blood over this service and ask God that you illuminate our hearts. Help us, Lord, not to get accustomed, Lord, and get comfortable. Uh, Lord, get numb to right preaching and truth being preached and the Word of God being read and the right songs being sung. Lord, if we, if we don't watch it, we'll become numb. We'll become, uh, Lord, unaffected and unmoved. We'll become calloused. And Lord, I pray you'd just rip the Band-Aid off. I pray you'd, uh, uh, Lord, get about five layers of hard heart out. And I pray, God, you'd just get us down to that thin layer of skin that's real sensitive to uh, even wind blowing on it. Lord, we'll feel the wind of God blowing on it. I pray you keep our heart tender and our, and our, and our spirit right and our spirit sweet. Uh, I pray, Lord, we wouldn't get old and sour in our old age, but get sweet uh, and, and truthful. Let's, let us not bend to the left or the right, but stand true for the word of God. I pray, Lord, that folks that are saved will get closer to you, that sinners who need to be saved will come to you and be saved, uh, that folks who are standing at the crossroads of a backslidden life and condition that you'd intervene and step forward and have your way. Lord, we love you. We ask, God, that you give us a physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional touch that your will be done through thy word and thy way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may say, if the Lord would help me just for a little while tonight, I don't want to preach on that fall of uh, when God visits your panic room. Or we have nothing to fear, not even fear itself. Now, you've heard that saying. Uh, Roosevelt, I believe, was the first one I ever, uh, from my studies, all I can find is Franklin Roosevelt. In his first inaugural speech, here's what he said. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror will paralyze our needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. He gave this speech when he took office the first time in the height of the Depression. I like to say, during this time that we're living in today in 2022, we need to be reminded that unreasonable, unjustified terror will paralyze you. That fear is a real thing. And it's a time, if you're going to run to the panic room, Amen, you better make sure you're running to the right panic room. 
Amen. There ain't but one that saints need to run to. When we think about this panic room, I think before I get started in the message, what is a panic room? I looked up, here's what the definition of a panic room is. Definition of a panic room is a fortified room that is installed in a private residence or business that will provide a safe shelter or hiding place. Often used in places where people or goods are kidnapped or taken. We're living in a time when folks are running, running to the room, shutting the door and hiding themselves, hiding away from the people of God, hiding away from the things of God, hiding from the house of God, hiding from the preacher, the man of God. Amen. And they're running to the wrong panic room. It's a time of turmoil, chaos, and confusion. Well, let's clear it up tonight. I believe the Bible tells us. Here it is. Paul is writing to Timothy in this book. Now, I'll do my best to mind the Lord tonight. You do the best to mind the Lord. Uh, when we think about fear, we have no, we really have no uh, right to fear. If you are full of fear, you have abandoned faith. But if you are full of faith, then you have abandoned fear. You cannot be full of fear and full of faith. That does not mean that you will not fear. But when fear strikes your heart, be it, and make no mistake, fear is invisible. If, if, if it's unweighable, if we could see fear, this room would be full of it. If we could weigh fear, they'd be metric tons of fear just in this room. Fears of past, fears of present, fears of, of future. Paul is preaching to a young man named Timothy. We know according to the Bible that he is a timid man. We know that this verse that's taken out of context, Timothy was so messed up and in in, in, in timid. And, and, and from what I can understand, we'll, we'll go over it in just a minute. Uh, we look at his family, we look at his heritage, we look at everything, his father and the faith, it's mentioned right here. And, and Paul's reminding him of some stuff to remember, and then he's telling him some things to forget. We need to get rid of fear, but we need to hold on to times when God has showed up in our life by the power of God and faith. Get rid of fear. Run to the right panic room if you're going to run to a panic room. We really have no reason to fear. We really have no need to fear, brother. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. This, the Bible says we, we have no need to fear for a lot of reasons. But just by way of introduction in Acts chapter number 1 verse number 8, we have no need to fear because of, of the ability that's been given to us. The Bible says... Amen. That a tarry to receive power from on high. That word that power is dunamite, that dunamis power, that dynamite power. God has given his people indwelling Holy Ghost power. He's given us an ability to live beyond fear. Amen. We have been given an ability. We have no need to fear. We've been gifted with an affection. We have no need to fear. Here's what the Bible said in 1 John 4, verse 17 and 18. Y'all, y'all know this verse said, a perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. If, if the love of God is bubbling up in your heart, if you're living in the love of God, soaking in the love of God, saturated in the love of God, it's like a new sponge. You go and get a new sponge, 
and, and that thing's dry and stick and, and just a, a pitcher of water, it'll soak up all the water it can. But you get one that's soaked full of water, it can't hold nothing else. If we'll soak up and saturate in the love of God, hey man, we'll cast out fear. Perfect love casteth out fear. I don't have to worry about God throwing me off into hell. I've been washed in his blood. Amen. Amen. Well, because of the ability God's given us, we have no need to fear. Because of the affection God's gifted us, we have no need to fear. Because of the assurance that God's graced us with, we have no need to fear. And Psalm 118 and verse number 6, oh, thank, the Bible says, uh, hey, man, I love this. Matter of fact, just turn over there right quick. And Psalm 118 and verse number 6, I was going to try to quote it. I'm afraid I'll mess it up. Psalm 118, verse number 6, listen to what the book says. The Lord... <laughs> Woo! Hey, man, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. And this is what it says. What can man do unto me? Somebody help me right there. Hey, God, we have no need to fear. Now, we will fear, and we do fear, but we shouldn't live in fear. We need to run to the Lord. He is our only safe place. He's our panic room. He's where we run to. Amen. Thank God he's given us ability, given us affection, given us assurance. Hey, the Lord's on my side. What can man do? Somebody say amen. Great God, amen. Hallelujah. I mentioned it this morning. I mentioned it this morning. I mean, just mentioned it again. When God made Adam from the dust of the earth, not dirt, from dust, not clay, but dust. And dust is what everybody wants to get rid of. And God took what everybody wanted to get rid of, what nobody could do anything with, what nobody wanted, and made something out of it. Hey, that's what he did every time he saved somebody. He took a nothing and a nobody, and he's making something out of it. And I ain't much now. I, don't, I know I'm nothing, but I'm glad I am something with him. Amen. Hey man, just, just try. Hey, if algebra can mix letters and numbers, let me have a little bit of time with it. I'm going to mix some letter numbers. Take the word, if, if I'm a zero and, and I want to add God to my life, you can put that zero beside the other O and that becomes good. The only good thing in my life is God in me. Amen. The only hope I have is Him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I preached that message not long ago on, on the net. Well, maybe a few years ago on the church being like a net. And, and, and we know what a net is? It's a bunch of zeros that's knotted together. Amen. I mean, in ourselves, we can do nothing. But God puts us in a church. I'm thankful for the sanctuary, for the safe place. God has given us an assurance. He's with us. Amen. When I think about Adam and I think about that dust and I think about God, uh, God taking something that everything else had dominion over, but when God breathed on it, then Adam now has dominion over everything. And so it is with sin. When Jesus died and was buried and got up the third day in that upper room before the Holy Ghost ever came, he breathed on that crowd to show us that sin shall not have dominion over us. And everything that God breathes on, hey man, God gives power. He charges it. He puts a positive effect in its life. Ain't you glad God breathed on the church? Ain't you glad God breathed on your dead bones? Ain't you glad God breathed in your life? I like it when God breathes on us. Amen. Amen, hallelujah. I love that assurance. I have assurance. I've been given an ability. I've got to enjoy that affection. So there's no doubts that should hinder me. 
There is no delay that will halt me. There should be no distraction that will hurt me because I know without a doubt I'm enjoying his affection. I'm enjoying his love. I'm abiding in his presence. Amen. I've been given the ability of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. And, and as I yield my life, that's, that's the whole thing about Romans 6. Romans 6 is a great chapter. Here's Romans 6. Here's a subtitle for Romans 6. It's trading the self-life for the Christ life. If, you want, if you'll die to yourself and let Christ have his way in your life, he'll live the godly life through you. You can't live a godly life. You have a yield sign. You need to stick it up and wave it around and say, God, I yield my members as instruments of righteousness unto godliness and the end holiness and everlasting life. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. Psalm 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do. Psalms 27 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hey, man, thank you, Lord. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hey, man, one day, one day a man walked up to the pastor. And uh, he said, Pastor, I, I, I found a good verse. It's over in Psalm 56 3. It is a good verse. Listen to what the verse says. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. But I like what the pastor told him back. He said, I got another verse for you. It's Isaiah 12, 2. I will trust and not be afraid. Did you catch the difference? He said, when I'm afraid, then I'm going to trust the Lord. But the preacher said, we'd be better off if we trust the Lord, then we would never be afraid. Amen. Psalm 34 verse 4 says, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Is that not what your Bible says? I'm glad. Thank God if you'll call on the Lord, he will deliver us. Here's how we can maintain a sound mind because fear will destroy your mind. Fear will cause you to pop some pills and take some meds. Fear will create anxiety. It's not just fear about your past. It's fear about right now. But more than that, it's it's fear about the unknown. You and I both, all of us, if we be honest, have fears about what may happen and it may not ever happen, but we'll have anxiety and fear about what could happen and honest to God, most of it never does happen. Are y'all, is everybody with me? Am I the only one living on the island? I, I believe that with all my heart. We have fear that we need to struggle with, that we need to get right with God, that we need to struggle and put it down here in this altar. We don't need to tote it back to the house. Let's get rid of fear. Let's run to the panic room of Christ. Here's how we can maintain a sound mind. Fear not. Remember, we gotta remember this. Let's look to Calvary and think three things. Number one, we need to fear not for I'm reaching for out to you. We need to remember, I mean, as if Jesus is saying, I'm reaching out to you. Fear not, I'm reaching out to you. Fear not, I have redeemed you. Somebody ought to say amen. Fear not, hey, if, if reaching for you and redeeming you don't do you no good, here's one that ought to help you. I'm returning for you. Amen. That ought to help us. Amen. But Booty, please go out there. I think we might have took a wrong turn. I think we had petties. Amen, amen. I, I'm telling you, I believe, Brother Scott, we ought to, it'll stir our heart. He redeemed us. He's reaching out to us and he's reaching help and he's reaching hope. Amen. He'll never harm you. He'll help you. Amen. God is for you, not against you. Amen. When I think about fear, I think about some things. I believe you have to do this. I believe, number one, there has to be an acknowledgement of fear. There has to be an acknowledgement of fear. In other words, what I'm saying is, you, you don't, if you don't admit 
that you have fear, you'll never conquer fear. Is everybody with me? You said, fear's not a big thing in my life. Oh, yeah, there's a fear in everybody's life. Matter of fact, I thought it, I thought it pretty interesting that over 400 times the word fear, fears, or fearful. In fact, 385 times fear is used in the Bible. Four times fears, plural, is used in the Bible. 11 times fearful is used in the Bible. So you figure it up. Over 400 times, that's not all the derivatives. Just over 400 times, fear is in the Bible. That's something we better deal with. That's something we better admit. Every single person in this room probably has a fear. Now, Bam Bam don't have the fear I have. I've got this little fear I call a fear of snakes. Here's my, my fear of snakes. Sometimes it does not cause me to run. It causes me to get a gun, blow their head off. I just don't like snakes. I think the only reason that God must have had Noah to get them things on the ark was to make cowboy boots. Bear with me, Bam Bam. I love you anyway. Hey, man, I believe that. I, I, I feel that way. I don't like Hey, some of y'all got a fear. Hey, man, you got a claustrophobic fear. You say, well, I ain't got none. Well, just wait a minute. I'll get Austin to bring a coffin in here Wednesday. We'll throw you in it and, and shut the door and put that little lock on it. See if you got any claustrophobia then. Bless fire, I'm going to tell you what. I bet you there'll be pieces of wood going everywhere. Amen. Everybody in here has got some kind of fear. you got a fear of height. I, 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 yes, according to scientific knowledge, there's over 400 and something phobias. Now, I know that's a coincidence. It's listed over 400 times in the Bible. There's over 400-something phobias, but I do want to bring it down where we're at. Every single one of us have fears. We have fears that Satan is going to trip us up. We have fears that our siblings are going to go to hell. We have fears that our sons and our daughters are not going to get saved and get right with God. We have fears that our spouses are going to mess up, going to get die, going to end up in a car wreck. Don't act like we don't have fears. Everybody would just do right. We'd all go on in service if we just lift our hands to right now and be honest. We've dealt with fears at some point in our life. Some of you lying, some of you ain't. Amen. There is an acknowledgement of fear. You might not can touch fear, but it's still there. It, fear is intense. Here, here's, what, here's what the dictionary said about fear. Fear is intensely unpleasant emotion. It's a response to a perceived danger or a real danger. Fear causes a psychological change, causes chemicals to start pumping in your kidneys, in your adrenal glands, in your liver, in your head. It affects you in every area of your life. Fear may occur in a response to certain things happening or the anticipation of certain things happening. The fear arises sometimes and it creates Two things, a fight or a flight. Every single person in this building has done one of those two things, if not both of them. There is the acknowledgement of fear. What fear do you have tonight? What fear are you struggling with tonight? I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to acknowledge it and get, get, get real with it and be honest with it. Then number two, there is the author of fear. Who's the author of fear? Well, here, here's Paul talking to a young man, Timothy. We're going to walk through the text in just a minute. Paul's talking to the young man, Timothy, his son in the faith. And, and, and Timothy, I believe it's 25 times in First and Second Timothy. I believe I'm right in this, Brother Jared. There's 11 chapters in both books. 
two different books, and 25 times Paul is telling the young pastor, I want you to be strong. I want you to, uh, hey man, I want you to be of good courage. I want you to be bold. He's 25 different times. He's trying to stir him up to take courage, to be of no, to not have fear, to be bold, to stir up some things in his mind. Is everybody with me tonight? Here, here's what, and Paul is talking to this young man. Some people think he was about 19, maybe at the most 21 when he started pastoring his church. Now, man, that's a lot for anybody to pastor a bunch of redeemed pagans who are, are head choppers. I mean, they, they worship mermaids. They got gods over there, bottom part fish, top part, top part man, bottom part fish, top part woman. I mean, they, they got all kinds of gods. You know, you, you know they own your Disney shows. Hey Amen. They got all kinds of gods and, and they're bowing down to them and they're worshiping. They gone. I mean, they're worshiping and they get saved and they turn and they're brass and they bold, but not just that. John's a member of that church he's pastoring. The mother of Jesus is a member of that church he's pastoring. There's a lot of strong people in that church he's pastoring. So much so that, and, and this verse taken out of context, I started mentioning it a while ago and I hesitate. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. He says, uh, Timothy, he said, use a little wine for your stomach's sake. Now I'm not gonna argue with you on what kind of wine that is. Here's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say. When I drunk fermented wine, it did not help my belly. It tore my belly up. You can argue with me how you want to, but here's what he's saying. There's some medicinal things that you need to, you need to calm down, Timothy. Watch what he says. He said, I'm concerned about you. He even talks about it in verse number four. I'm mindful of your tears. That, that word there, greatly desiring to see you, carries the idea, I want to be a comfort to you. I want to console you. I, I want to come to you and bring boldness. I know you're tore up over it. You, you, you're dealing with, with people. Don't let nobody despise your youth. Be strong. Stir up that gift. And he, and he starts going through some things. He tells him, here's what he says. Remember, you need to acknowledge your fear, but you need to know who the author of fear is. Here's what he tells him. Look what he said in verse number seven. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So right there tells me, Brother Jared, there is a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of truth. There, hey man, then there's a spirit of fear. What the book say? He said, Timothy, what you need to know and what the church needs to know, what we've got to nail down, God is not the author of it. Satan is the author of it or self is the author of it. So when fear starts creeping in and you feel that cold chill come on you, that ain't the Holy Ghost stirring you up. That's the spirit of fear and God is not the author. Amen. Is that what your Bible says? Let's just read it one more time. Some of you look at me like a deer in the headlines. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Contrast, but there is a spirit God has gave. And it's power and love and a sound mind. So if God don't do it, where's it come from? Society, Satan, and self. Don't let society, don't let self, and don't let Satan determine your attitude and your atmosphere. That's the wrong spirit. You got to try the spirits. Are you, is everybody with me? 
maybe it's just me. I feel like, man, I needed this message. It's, it's been stirring in my heart about three months. It just all coming together in this last week. Notice, not only is there, uh, you, need to, you need to realize, hey, there is fear. You need to realize who's the author of fear. But then you need to realize there's the authority of fear. What am I saying is fear will control you if you let it. It has no authority over your life. It cannot control you. God has saved you. He's breathed into you life as a created person. But he's also breathed into you as a saved person. The spirit of God dwells in you. I mentioned it this morning. We have the, we have the uh, amen, the pattern of the Savior. We have the instruction of the scripture. And we have the presence of the spirit. And all of those three should encourage us and kick fear out of our life. Here, fear is invisible, but fear, it reproduces itself. It, 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 fear grows to another fear and then uh, to another fear. If you've never experienced fear, man, I know anybody that's honest has. Here's what I want. I can prove it to you. Mason has fear. Right, Mason has fear. Right now, Mason has fear. He don't have to worry about where his food comes from. He don't have to worry about take, being taken care of. But he's got a fear of being dropped. There's all from an infant. The, they say that the first fear that we ever know is the fear of falling. And, and when we get saved, I don't know about y'all, that's the fear I had of falling. When I surrendered to breach, the fear I had of falling. I, I don't want to get hurt, but I want to hurt somebody else. Is everybody, is everybody with me? I feel like I'm preaching to the wall tonight. Spirit of fear reproduces. It creates mental anxiety. And, and people all, all my, go to the doctor and get medicated. You don't have to run to that panic room. Hey, you know what they tell me? Most panic rooms are not even worth anything anyway. Because when you get in there, shut the door and lock the door, it creates panic that you're locked in. But I'll tell you what, you can go where the Lord's at. He won't create panic. He'll create peace. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're caning that to run for me. Amen. I ain't going to ask David. He's, he's feeling, not feeling good. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I'm saying you need to substitute. Amen. There's a spirit of fear. There's the subject of fear. There's the spirit of fear. Amen. But there's a substitute for fear. That's faith. Boy, hey, when I can't hit 300 because fear's got a hold of me, faith says, I'll take the bat for you. Amen. Amen. You say, preacher, I don't know. Give me some examples. Well, I'm glad you have. Moses' mama chose faith over fear when she put her baby in a basket of straw and set it in a river that slammed full of alligators 18 to 20 feet long. That's faith over fear. And God's people say it. Ruth chose faith over fear when she left Moab and her family and everything she knew behind to go to Bethlehem, Judea. Hey man, with Naomi. David chose faith over fear. Hey man, when he, hey man, when he shook off Saul's armor and went and got him five smooth stones and ran to the giant. Elijah, thank God, chose faith over fear when he went on top of Mount Carmel by himself and faced 450 plus of them wicked devil false 
preachers. Job said in the ice pile, he'll take faith over fear any day. Jeremiah said, I don't care if nobody gets saved, if I gotta face the pit and the slime pit and be put in prison and be fed molded bread, he chose faith over fear. Amen. Daniel said, hey, you throw me in a den of lies if you want to. I'm gonna choose faith over fear. Hannah says, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what nobody says. She chose faith over fear and God gave her a baby. Somebody say amen. The lame man says, I'm gonna choose faith over fear and I'm gonna receive from Peter and John and he got up a leaping. Hallelujah. Never leaned, never limped, but went to leaping. Amen. The woman with issue of blood chose faith over fear when she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. Amen. The thief on the right side chose faith over fear and he got to go to heaven. And for I forget, in 1994, I chose faith over fear and I get to go to heaven. Somebody help me. Is there anybody in church tonight? Woo, Amen. Hey man, I'm glad I'm chose faith over fear. Here's what the Psalms David said. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall know what. You know what he's saying? Hey man, I'm gonna choose faith over fear and I'm gonna sit down and eat in the presence of mine enemies. And when I do it, my cup's gonna run over and oil's gonna run down my head because I'm choosing faith over fear. Is everybody with me? Hey man. Hey man, God hath not given us a spirit of fear. There's a subject of fear that needs to be dealt with. Amen. I'm glad. Amen. There's a spirit of fear, but I'm glad there is a substitute for fear. Amen. So if God hath not given us a spirit of fear, who has? Who's authoring your spirit of fear that you're struggling with right now? What is it that you're intent? Maybe it's the market crash. Maybe it's the future. I'm just going to tell you what you got to do. You just got to walk by faith. Amen. Here's what Isaiah 41 verse 10 says. Here's an Old Testament example. They're dealing with Babylon. God's fixing to whoop Babylon. He gives Isaiah 41 for two reasons. Number one, comfort of his people and conviction of the enemy. Here's what he said. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear thou not. Why? For I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Why? For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my right. Here's what he said in verse 12. Thou shalt, hey, thou shalt seek them and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be nothing and as a thing of naught. Why? For I am the Lord thy God. In other words, he said, I'm going to whoop a crowd that's giving you a fit. Don't worry about them. He'll come a day when you'll be the last man standing. Amen. Fear thou not. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's walk through the day. Let's, let's look with me in verse 2. Here's what Paul tells them. He said, listen, when fear starts creeping in, he said, here's what you need to do. But what he said in verse number 2. He said, I want you to remember your father. He's talking about Timothy being a son in the faith. We know according to the Bible, we're not going to deal with it. You can go over in Acts 14, Acts 15, and... Uh, yeah, Acts 14 and 15. And Paul goes to a place, I believe it's called Lystra. That's where Timothy gets saved on the second trip. You know what happened on the first trip, Brother Jared? They stoned him. They got mad at him for preaching the truth, and they took him outside the church and stoned him to death. I, that's how I know there's a Baptist church in Acts 14. 
And here's how I know he's a crazy Baptist preacher because he went right back and preached to the same crowd that stoned him. Ain't that something? But the second time, the second time that he preaches, Timothy gets saved. Now, Timothy is growing up in a home that a daddy's lost. As far as we know in the Bible, every indication in the Bible, when it talks about his mom and his grandma, he's talking about his daddy being a Greek. His daddy evidently is an unbeliever or it would have mentioned him in the text. He did not say, when I recall the faith of your dad. Evidently his dad. So he grew up in a home that the dad didn't go to church. The dad didn't raise him godly. The dad, and he said, Timothy, he said, man, I want you to remember your father in the faith. Remember me. Hey, I've tried to preach to you. I've invested in you. I love you. Hey, when, when, you, hey, when fear creeps in, just think about those who have put their life in your life, those fathers in the faith. Amen. He called him his dearly beloved son. But watch this in verse number three. He talked about his forefathers. He said, I thank God whom I serve with my forefathers with a pure conscience without ceasing. I put the remembrance in my prayers night and day. He says, thank God remember your forefathers. If I'm your father, remember your forefathers, the one that went before us. Amen. And then look at, look at verse number four. I love this. He said, greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of the tears that I may be filled with joy. <laughs> and go on to say, stir up the gift in verse number six. So you know what he said? He said, I want you to remember the filling. I want you to remember being filled with joy. I want you to remember being filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you to remember, thank God, the feeling of God in your life. When fear creeps in, remember what you're filled with. Y'all, y'all, y'all do know, y'all, you've seen a lot of these AAA and NA and all these classes, prison puts them on. And uh, man, I, I'm not mad at nobody does that. They can do what they want to. That ain't what got me off drugs. What got me off drugs is Jesus. I didn't go through a 12 step plan, I went one step and got saved. Now, you say, preacher, hey, I've done come too far. Listen, you, <laughs> amen. Schools inform us. Amen. Sin deforms us. Prison can reform us, but only Jesus can transform us. Somebody say amen. amen. When Jesus changes your life, you don't have to lay in the bed shakes. God will save you, make you a new creature. Am I, am I in the book? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away, all things. I think that's still in the book. Okay, but here, here's, here's what I got thinking about. So, he said, remember your fathers. Remember what you feel with. Y'all remember that text over in the book of Matthew when he says, and here's why I'm, I'm a little bit against that crowd. I'm not, they want to do it fine, but we're not going to hold classes like that in this church. Just ain't going to do it. And, and here, here's why, brother Scott. They can get off, they can get that demon out of them. But if Jesus don't come on the inside, that demon's going to come back and he's going to bring seven of his buddies and he's going to be worse off. Am I in the book or not? That's the Bible. I mean, you can put vinyl siding on the house. You can sweep out the house. You can garnish the outside. You can paint the trim. But if something ain't on the inside, and that's... Paul, Paul is telling Timothy, hey, you're, you're not empty. You're full of God. The devil can't come somewhere that he can't possess you. God's inside of you and you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Is everybody with me? He said, I want you to remember your feeling, remember your father, remember your forefathers. And verse number five, he, he takes a little bit further. I like this. He said, I want you to call remembrance. He said, I'm calling remembrance the unfeigned faith, the unfeigned faith, the unfeigned faith. 
that, y'all know what that word means. Feigned means hypocritical, fake, and phony. Unfeigned means he said, Timothy, I know you're real. How can Paul say that? First of all, he grew up in a house that had a daddy who was lost. The, the wicked influence of the daddy could have influenced Timothy the wrong direction. Easily, he could have went with his daddy fishing, but instead, Paul said, what sticks out in my mind is that unfeigned faith, that faithfulness, that sense of duty that you had, that you got for, hey, your mama had it, and your grandma had it, and you was raised around it, but it's unfeigned faith, not just in them, but it's in you, amen. That's what we need in the house of God. Folks, is real. Folks, is real, man. Folks is real, not just putting on a mask playing church. Amen. Amen, preacher. That's exactly right. I ain't going to change me from preaching it. That's the truth. Amen. That's right. You know what a hypocrite is? The word hypocrite is a, is a stage. It's, a, it's an actor term. It's when you put on a mask and the clothes of somebody else and play a part that you're really not. It's not folks that fail. If that was true, everybody would be hypocrites. The hypocrite is somebody who tries to make everybody think they're all right and they really ain't. Somebody say amen. Preach on, preacher, amen. He said, I want you to remember what you're filled with. I want you to remember your faith, verse number five, that unfeigned faith. He said, you're real. Timothy, I know you're real. When you had a chance to go with your dad and lean that direction, you stuck with your mom. Now that you're out on your own and you got away from mom and daddy, y'all look up in here at me. Don't never boast about how good your kids are until they get out of the house and they still live right for God. Then you can say, amen, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Because it, it will deter. It'll show up on them if they faking it. Preach on, preacher. Amen. amen. Remember, God has filled you, Timothy, when fear creeps in. Remember your faith. But verse 6, remember your fight. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. He said that, that word stir, it means to stir up like you stir up a fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say this. I don't know other way to illustrate it. Me and Randy, not, not proud of it, but we was real good about stirring a fight and watching and getting it started and then watching everybody else fight. I'm not proud of it, but it, it was kind of fun back in, okay? Now I'm saved. And, and there's two different things that happen when you fear. Some people don't like conflict. They'll, they, amen. Let me just back up because I feel like I ought to go. Paul wasn't that kind of man. He went right back and preached to the crowd that fought him for telling the truth, and Timothy got saved. I don't know what's wrong with our pulpit today. A bunch of limp-wristed little pansy preachers with flip-flops and a they, I mean, they wear polo shirts. They ain't got no boldness to preach against nothing. Amen. I feel like preaching right there. Amen. They wouldn't handle it. I'll tell you what their response to fear. Run. They're a hireling. But a real preacher will stand and fight to fight. Man, I thank God. Hey, amen, we ought to be fighters. Timothy, don't run. Stay in the fight. Stir up that gift that's in you. Amen. Is everybody with me? Amen. So remember you fight. And, but, but verse number seven, he said, forget your fears. Here's what he said. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fears of all the possibilities. Fears of things that happen. See, y'all know this. 
But God's let us enjoy his love. There's an intention with his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. Hey, and there's an invitation with his love. Now, whosoever shall, hey, believeth on him, shall be saved. Amen. God took the initiative with his love. He expressed his love at Calvary. You go to Calvary and you experience his love. Then you leave and thank God, share, evangelize about his love. Love will kick fear out. Faith will kick fear out. Fear comes. And when fear comes, sometimes your progress stops. Fear causes you to cease where you're at. Fear begins to conquer things you've got ahead with God in your life. But I'm going to tell you what, Brother Jared. God help us to be steadfast in the fight. Don't let us. Hey, man, there is an author of fear. And we need to be accountable when it comes to fear. Hey, man. God help us. We have assurance in spite of our fear. He gave us a force. He gave us faith. He gave us future. He gave us fellowship. He gave us a fortress. Hey, man, he gave us the facts. He said, Timothy, listen. He said, I, I, said, I want you to know God has not given it. He's not the author of that. It's like his old song goes. Jesus knows all my struggles. <laughs> he will guide till the day is done. Hey, man, he doesn't want us sorrowful in the night. He wants us to sing and shout out in the night. Ask Paul about it. Ask Silas about it. They ain't over our pouting. They ain't over our whining because they got beat. They're praising God, praying and shouting. Amen. God gave us a song in the night and I believe he gave it for the night. Psalm 42 verse 8. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and he gives his song in the night. He doesn't want us fretting. He wants us fellowshipping. Amen. He wants us fighting. He don't want us troubled. He wants us triumphant. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is everybody with me today? Christ is the authority that can dispel the fears out of our life. He can defeat our foes and deliver us by faith. Here's what I'm getting to think about. One day I'm going out through the yard Miss Jessica has called and there's a snake. I don't know what it is about that Jeep Cherokee. There for a little bit, they was liking that Jeep Cherokee. She pull up, snake. No snake. Pull up, next few days, snake. Crazy. So she calls over, I, get, I go over with something to take care of that snake. And I go over there, I kill it, and I chop his head. Nathan, he's dead. I mean, I don't know how deader he can get, his head's gone. Just to tell you, I kept on chopping him. Here's what I think. When, when, when we think about the devil, why did I keep fighting the snake? I'd already killed him, but I kept fighting him. Instead of just trusting that the work was already done, Jesus went to Calvary, defeated that sorry devil, and if you don't watch it, you'll wear yourself out, find somebody that's already been defeated. Somebody ought to just run a lap on that. I don't know. Amen. I got one fly trying to hinder me. And somebody ought to run. Thank God. Amen. He said, preacher, what can I do? I mean, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Therefore, I'll run and trust him. No, trust him. And you won't be afraid is what the book says. Amen. He said, preacher, where's my panic room? If I can't build room. And, and this ain't got nothing. A little side note. Commercial break. 
I go down to Brother Andy Wells at the Privilege to Preach Over at his church at Galilee Baptist Church. Now I go into our new fellowship hall, Brother Frank. I don't know if we're ever going to build one, but we ought to build a room on like they did. Brother, they built this, they got this room over there in the fellowship hall. Here's what they did, brother. Took a regular outside insulated door and put it on this room. And it's actually two little rooms. And, and it put a, one of them, Michael took one of them reefer coolers that you transport goods with and frozen goods and put it on the top of that thing, insulated the walls, insulated the floor, insulated the ceiling, put metal on the inside, made a refrigerator in one room, made a freezer in another room. They didn't just have a walk-in fridge. They had a walk-in room that was refrigerated. He said, man, don't matter what happens, if something happens, this thing's got cement block on the outside. He said, if storm ever happens, we run in here for the safe room. I said, man, that is nice. Hey, man, but you're going to freeze when you get in there. You better hope the fire goes out. Hey, man. I, I, hey, I got one for you better than that. You'll feel warm and fuzzy when you run to this one. Hey, man. He's like a little hen that gathers all them little dibbies up underneath them warm place. Hey, man, thank God for the secret place of the most high. Thank God you'll never freeze. It's a safe place. He is your panic room. I like it. God invented the panic room. He's, he's going to visit you in your panic. He's going to visit you in that fake panic room. And he's going to boil you underneath the cell. Because we need to run to him. Here's what the book says. Hebrews chapter 6 for, verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater and an oath confirmation is to them in the end of all strife. Wherein God will he more abundantly to shew under the heirs of promise. That's all of us. The immutability of his counsel. He confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things. In other words, God's character is unchanging. God's conversation is unchanging. That's what the word immutable. Those two things are unchanging. That's a contract that God gave us. Based on that, we have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered. Here's what the psalmist, he put it like this. Hey Amen. Psalm 91, verse number five. God takes the time to explain how to us that we can be free from fear. He, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hey Amen. It's a secret place that we can run to. It's a secret place that He makes for us. It's a secret place. In the entrance of that secret place, thank God is Christ. The experience of that secret place, hey Amen, is sweetness. The enjoyment of that secret place, it's a secure place. It's a sound place. It's a sufficing place. It's a sovereign place. He's made it for the saints. I say glory be to God. Hey man, look at verse number one of that psalm. Hey, the most high. Look at all these names. Here's how powerful this secret place is. He lists all these different names of God. In verse number one, he's called the most high. He's situated on high ground. In verse number one, he's called the almighty. That speaks of Shaddai or speaks of God who nurtures and cares for his children. In that same psalm in verse 2, he's the Lord. That speaks of stability. The name Jehovah, he never had a beginning. Never has an ending. He always was. He always will be. Amen. What stability? A fortress that will never be breached. He's, he's also called in verse 2, my God. That speaks of security. That speaks of relationship. He's a God that made everything and redeemed all of us. Amen. Thank God for a, a fortress 
a secret place that's situated perfectly, that's secure, that's stable. When I'm inside that fortress, when I run to Him who is my panic room, I have no fear at all. I can live in faith. Everybody say amen. I get to thank you, man. Booty. Paul tells Timothy. He said, listen. There is a truth to this fear. And you're struggling with it. 25 times in 11 chapters in two books. He tries to encourage him to be bold, be strong, be, be steadfast, not, not to have fear. Talks about his tears, talks about his timidness. He said, man, when, when that stuff creeps in, remember those who preached to you. Remember them that went on before you. Remember that that's filled you. Remember that one that forgave you. Remember that fortress that you can run to. Church, I don't know, I don't know what fears you're dealing with, but I do know this. There is a spirit of fear that's creeping into our churches today. There's a spirit of fear that's creeping into Christians today. And there's a spirit of fear creeping into preachers today. And I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you this, brother, brother Scott. I'm tell, I'd rather flip burgers and work so I could preach rather than be fearful of what folks are saying and do. Are y'all, y'all listening to this preacher? I'm going to tell you right now, God help. God help a bunch of church folks and a bunch of preachers who are full of fear. We shouldn't be like that. Do, do we at least agree with this? Every one of us struggle with fear. You agree with that? Do y'all agree with the, that there is a spirit of fear? That's what he said in the book. But do y'all agree with this? I'm going to close with this. There's a substitute for fear. Starts with F and ends with H. What's it called? What's it called? I can't hear y'all. You need to shout it out to the devil. That sorry rascal wants to creep up on your shoulder and remind you of your past. You tell that sorry egg-sucking liar of his future. Y'all hear me? He's a liar. Rob everything you got. He ain't your friend. He ain't your kissing cousin. He ain't your buddy. And if we don't watch it, fear will dominate our life instead of letting our life be dominated by faith. So what you gonna do tonight? You gonna let fear dominate your life? I mean, listen, I'm not against that, but some of these... Oh, Lord, help me. Some of these internet preachers, they don't do nothing but push fear on people. I would start naming them. And here's what they do. They push a little bit of fear. Then they'll sell you 40 meals for $40. They'll push a little bit of fear. They'll say, send me a blessing. And I'll send you plans for a bunker. I'd like to have a bunker. It'd be a neat little playhouse to play in. But what are you going to do? Let's just be real for a minute. Let's say you stack that thing full of ammo and guns. Got all kind of food in there. And man, you've done, you feel like, hey man, I, I'm ready now. I got a Volkswagen car. Man, the EMP ain't going to mess up the electronics in this thing. I got her fixed, man. You got all that stuff stashed. Say you got it all ready. 
You feel like you've done, you feel like that's scriptural. Then your neighbor comes up and he's starving to death. And the Bible says, if you've got it and you don't give it to him, because that same crowd that thinks they're all, they'll say, well, I'm telling you, he'll have to fend for himself. I said, well, that's real scriptural. That's, that's real godly. I tell you what I want y'all to do. Y'all go ahead and do it and let me know where it's at because I'm coming to your house. Hey, man. Now, ain't nothing wrong with preparing. I got all the bullets I, I can. Obama, Bill Clinton, and Joe Biden ought to be top salesmen for guns and ammo. Hey, man, that make everybody run. I'm for it. Anybody want to give me a, a barrel of nine millimeter? I'll take it. I like it. Bill, bring it all. But when, it, when it's all said and done, we're leaving here. And I'm not going to let fear dominate my life. And you shouldn't either. Well, preacher, I'm just... I mean, the way some kids act, I've seen some girls act like every guy is a predator. Where do they get that from? They get it from mom and daddy. I see some guys act like every girl's out to steal everything they got. I ain't saying you don't train them. You ought to train them up, protect them, never throw them to the wolves. I believe in every bit of that. Shelter them all you can. I'm for it 100%. I'm for homeschooling and homeschooling the homeschoolers. I'm for it all. I'm for everything. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% behind you. I, I, I want you to, but fear, there's a spirit of it. If it ever gets on you, it grows and it grows. Because once fear's got a hold of your mind, and those chemicals go to running through your human body, and, and, and then the glands go to shooting that stuff in your liver and your kidneys, and it goes to affecting you physically, it goes to messing up your heart rate, it goes to creating anxiety, it goes to about to have a, a heart attack. I mean, all that stuff. And then spiritually, you ain't fit for nothing. You can't read your Bible. You can't pray. You're worried to death, chewing your fingernails to the bone, popping pills just to stay sober, have to get pills to wake up and get pills to go to sleep. And all that stuff's going on. Are, are y'all listening to this, preacher? The devil is sitting in the corner laughing at you because what's happened is one fear breeds another fear, another fear breeds another fear. And what happened? There's a spirit behind it, and it ain't of God. Don't let society dominate your life. Don't let Satan, don't let Self, they're the author of it. God offers what kind of spirit? Power. Say it with me. Power and love and what kind of mind? A sound mind. All God's people say. Let's all stand.